Good morning, Raboisai. Ah, Lilu Nishmas Imi Mirosirusmus Mordechai. In that solar headquarters in Chicago. Hello, Ravelli. Thank you for setting an example for all of us from the French Alps. You showed us all that we can take our kids on vacation and that meaningful learning doesn't need to take a back seat. That one doesn't need to find themselves in a situation of playing catch up because while we were away, I didn't do the daf. To that end, we went away as a family to Tveria for a number of days, and one of our daughters snapped this picture of me learning the daf before we boarded our boat for a morning of fun on the Kinneret. Clearly, extra credit should be given for wearing the MDY merch on the Kinneret. Enjoy your time in Chicago. Shkoyach once again, Chakoshev Samech, Michal Green. Here he is. Ah, Yevaldik. What a guy, what a guy. Over here, another guy snapped a picture, a picture of Mayor Dickstein, big fan of NDY, caught doing the daf late one night in Jackson, New Jersey. I was guaranteed he's listening to Rebellion, that earpiece. Had a jacket, Gemara, the whole thing, Givaldic. And that's it. Okay. Raboisai, once again, these are the final days. Literally, we only have like three days left to push that volume two of Yavamis. If you haven't done so, please... Tell your friends to join MDY.com, I think it is. What is it? Anybody? Join MDY? Join MDY? And grow, the shipping you a case. Why? Give out here. Give out here. <laughs> Call sponsors for the month. Anonymous and schus of Hillel Ben Sardino and Rifka Bas. Don't worry, it's not usually like this, this format. I just pasted it here so it all came out. I'll try to read it normally. Parents friends and family, Parents by the lack and love of families like in New Jersey, because Torah is the best segula. Parents sponsored by Yoeli, Linshmas Doiv, Paris Achoydesh, our Fravel and Schus Paranol, since Yat is Shmaying, that's Lokotur Eli. Oh, and I got an email from Aaron Freeman that he says the entire thing is for me. Shkoyach, Aaron Freeman. So retroactive, it's all me. Luschus, Parnosa, and Siat is Shmaying, that's Lokotur Eli. By Abba Renner, Lili Nishmas, Rev Shimshin, David, Ben Rav, Aram Chaim Pinchos, and Sikhat Sadik Lebrocha. Revor Shlemer for all of. Why Yisrael? I don't know, that's Mr. Anonymous. Rabbi Isai, here we go. Today is Daf Lamed Zion. We're plowing through Mesechtis Yivomis. So, yesterday we had an amazing case where there's a Suffolk. We have a baby that was born and we're not exactly sure if it was a full-term baby or not. Now, if this full-term baby suddenly died, it sneezed, it yawned, and then died, then we could assume that it's a nafel and the story. So we said what happened was it had a tragic accident, fell off a roof, car accident, something happened. But we're in a Suffolk. We don't know if this was a viable baby or not a viable baby. And in Mela, we don't know if this baby is going to potter for Yibam or not. Is this woman still chayiv to 
get chalitza yibam, or no, she had a baby. What happened was, somebody comes along and mekadish this woman. So we say, listen, I'm sorry, the woman needs chalitza. But here's the amazing Allah. If that person that was mekadisher was a kayan, we go light on him, we go easy on him. Because if he gives her chalitza, chalitza is like a get. And if it's a get, he cannot remarry this woman forever. So therefore we say, you know what? You don't have to. Sigmar said, wow, you don't have to do chalitza. You might as well just start giving out a terim to eat chalav and chazer. So that's where we are right now, top of Lamed Zayin, Omid So, there happens to be a story with Rebbe Yashiv talking about a Kayan who we make a special dispensation for and we say he doesn't have to do Chalitza. There was a Kayan who, after 10 years being married, true story, after 10 years of being married, his wife didn't have any children. So based on halacha, and he wanted to have children, and halacha says after 10 years, give it a 10-year try. No, he divorces his wife. A little while later, his wife calls him up, his ex-wife, and by the way, I'm pregnant. Now, since he's a Kayan, he can't remarry her. Big boo-boo. So he, is this such thing as a get batos? Yeah, it is. It's like a, yeah. What is it called? A, um, a megachtos, a get betos, yeah. So he goes to Rebbe Yashir. Rebbe Yashir says, I can't help you out, but he tells him to go to the Kaisal. I never really heard Moisim like this from Rebbe Yashir. He tells him to go to the Kaisal. Anyway, he goes to the Kaisal, and he's crying his heart out over there, and a the guy comes over and says, what's the matter? Da-da-da, and he tells him, he says, you know, I know your dad, and I think you should have a little conversation with him. So he, whatever that means, he goes, he calls up his father, has a whole schmooze with him. His father tells him, uh, you're adopted. That was, that was that story. Okay, fine. Says the Gemara. Here we are. Um, how far down are we? Do you know? Omar Lay? Okay. So Omarava. Omarava, Babut Omarava, Hachi, Ubutafra Adar Bay. In the morning he said that uh, you're. Um, in the morning he said, Yechayev Chalitza. Afterwards he says, Yepotr Chalitza. Omar Lay, Sharitu, Yerava, the Tishtru, Aftarba. How could you say that you're Potter from Chalitza? Just because he's a Kayan, you might as well just tell people they could eat. Do we have the same kind of halacha where it says that if a woman gets divorced and she has a child, so she's not allowed to get married for 24 months, as long as the child is still nursing, we're concerned that she'll get pregnant again. If she gets pregnant, it could destroy the milk, and if she doesn't have milk, the baby could die. 24 months. What happens if a Kayan jumps in and marries this woman? Do we say, since he's a Kayan, it would be nice to him. He doesn't have to divorce her because if he divorces her, he'll never be able to marry her again. What's the connection between 
the case of a Yavama, somebody who just didn't wait three months, and a Kayim. If the child dies within 30 days, there's the Chachamim you could always rely on. So we're going to rely on Chachamim. In other words, even if you all are Rishim Gamaliel, but we have a problem here. We have a Kayan that needs to get married. We don't want to ruin his life. He likes this woman. If you tell him to get divorced from her, he'll never be able to marry her again. So let's rely on Chachamim. There's, there's a Rav I heard, without going into names in Yerushalayim, if you come to him with a hat and jackets, he says, oh, you're yeshiva, she gives you this kind of psak, a little bit more stringent. If you look, without a, a lot of guys, they take off the hat and jacket, they walk in, okay, you're a bum, I'll give you a different psak. So, here, you're a kayan, we're going to go now with the Rabbanon. Rabbanon said, you know what, there was a baby here, he wasn't violent, he died, he got killed in a car crash, it, it's a good baby. You know what, because you're a kayan, you don't wear a hat and jacket, I'm going to give you the Chachamim. You guys, the other people are going to go with Rav Shem Gamliel. Not like that, but like that. We could, there's somebody to be Saimachan. So since there's no other way out of this, unless you want to ruin this guy's life, he can never marry her. So we have to be Saimachan. But in, in this case, where a guy got married, to a woman who has a baby and he didn't wait 24 months, there's no sheet of, there's no rub in the world that says it's okay to, to stay married. Rameyer says, let's punish him. A guy got married when he wasn't supposed to get married. Chacham made it to have to wait 24 months. He didn't wait. He jumped the gun. He can never marry this woman. So certainly we can't use his sheet here. beget. Rabbanon say, no, you have to divorce and later on, after 24 months, remarry her. So there's no shita that says, don't divorce. And therefore, we have nobody to be soymichan, so we have no eitzel. Itmar. Kitcha b'sayish barach. What are we talking about, Rabbi Yisai? We have to restart our thought for a second. Over here, we're not talking about yibum. Over here, we're talking about just a regular woman an Almana Nevach, she lost her husband tragically, she wants to remarry, she's supposed to wait three months. Why? Every case, every divorcee, every widow has to wait three months just in case she's pregnant. We need to differentiate to discern who, who's the father of the baby. Three months. I have a riddle. In what generation did they not have to wait three months? There's never a Suffolk if it's from this guy or from that guy, it was, it was always clear. Anybody? Who? Why? You're, 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 you're guessing. You're guessing. Not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Anybody? It is the Dar Midbar, but because through the Mun, you were able to see how many, how many kids a person had. If the guy had six portions of Mun by his door, so you know that this baby is his. The other guy had nothing. Okay. Kitchup Ubarach. The guy pulls off shtick here. He goes and he gets engaged to this woman. He's with Kaddisher. And he runs. He runs for his life. What's he doing? Basically, what he's saying is, I don't want to be married to this woman because I'm not allowed to. 
You have to wait for three months to see who the father is. But I want to, get, I want to make sure she doesn't get engaged to somebody else. So let me get engaged and I run. He's almost a good guy. Don't think of it as, as a bad guy, like he got engaged and just left her in Aguna. No, he's waiting the three months somewhere else, not in her house. One of the two say, too bad. Let's put him in Kherim. The fact that he ran away, he's showing, he's proving to us that he's a good person. He wants to keep Chachamim's Gzeira of waiting three months. And therefore, we don't have to punish him. Hava Uvda, there was actually a story of Amar Lura from Iruka Mistaye. Sometimes, the actions that a person takes, they, they help him out. You can see by his actions, there was a Lekovet Erev Pesach. i got to tell you this Maisa, great Maisa. You can say it over at Yaseder when the idol was falling asleep. There was a, a woman who came to the Rav. He said, Rav, I have a big shayla. No, my husband is searching for the 10th piece of bread all night long. Could he stop searching? He can't find it. So Ralph scratches his head. Yeah. Yeah. He, he could stop. Tell him he could stop searching. So Rabbi, I have one more question. Could I tell him where I hid the piece? <laughs> All right. Zogdigimara. Sovig min tesha. We have a suffix whether this child is from the ninth month or from the seventh month. The whole time we have a concept of Rav, most women give birth after nine months. So why is it a big deal that some women give birth in the seventh? We should assume that this child who was born is from the first, the first husband nine months later. Yeah, what happened? You have a guy, a Yavam, he dies. Two months later, his brother steps in and marries the Yavama. So now, and then seven months after the second brother is Miyabim, there's a baby. Now it's possible it's seven months from him and it's his child, or it's nine months from the first guy. But most of the time, women give birth after nine months. Says Rav Nachman, it happens to be in my family, they all give birth after seven months. I don't understand what you're saying. Okay, very good. So you guys have some defect, you give it, all the women give birth after seven months. But what does that have to do with my question? I'm asking most of the women of the world, there's at least four billion people, women in the world. So from the four billion, I'm not talking about your little family, I'm talking about all the women in the world, they give birth in the ninth month. Right, at least 51% do. Oh, that's literally what my daughter just asked me. She came by over here and she's like, she said, what's that drawing on your screen? I explained to her the case. There was a soon and she asked me the question. Okay. And I said, her baby is five pounds, five and a half. It was a full-term baby and only five, like less than six pounds today. So there's a, there's a, there's a chubby premature baby and a skinny, not, you know, Whatever it is, that is that is If the kid comes out full head of hair and he weighs eleven pounds, you're right. But if you know whatever the suffix is, it, there was a, there was a reason for a suffix.
And besides, you see that things have changed slightly. This, in the time of the Gemara, the, the uh, eight-month uh, eight baby wasn't viable. Today it is. Different things. I don't know what the size was then. What, what, I don't know. What is that most of the world? This is what I meant to say. Most women give birth to the ninth month. And, and just a, a minority give birth in the seventh month. That's why I put this on the chart over here. There's a pasuk in Bereshis Vahikim Shlesh Chadoshin. This is about Tamar. Look, she got pregnant. When? When did they realize she was pregnant? That's basically when you could tell that a woman is pregnant. So, again, this is in time of the Gemara, it seems like when they, it was different types of babies. This, this also could answer your question. They had different types of pregnancies. There's a pregnancy of Shiva, a pregnancy of Nine. It's not that she was a, a pregnancy of nine that happens to give birth in Beshiva. There's a different kind of Metzius then. A woman who gives birth to nine months, you can see it after three months. But since, I don't know what the Metzius was, it's an interesting Metzius, but this woman that you couldn't see and you couldn't tell that she was pregnant, Itraleh Ruba. We have a, a problem with the Raiv. Anytime you have a roiv, it has to be salad. But since over here, something's wrong, something's different than usual, you, you couldn't tell that she was pregnant after three months, even though roiv women are, you could tell after three months. There's no roiv. The roiv is no good, it's bad. It's bad. If every single woman who gives birth after nine months, you could tell after three months, then certainly then you have a raya that it's a seven-month baby, not a nine-month, because you didn't see. Okay, so take the word kol and flip it into roiv. Most women will give birth after nine months. Most of them, you could tell after three months. Okay. Or just, instead of major terrorists, it's just, most women you could tell. And this one you couldn't tell, but it's not a raya, one way or another. Well, what happened? Again, so we have, I don't know if we need a picture for this. Nah. Okay, let's say just the, the simple picture. You have, Ruvain was married to a woman, and he dies. Now, instead of Yehuda waiting three months like he was supposed to, he marries the Yavama. And then they had a baby. Yeah. So, this, I just, I'm stealing a chart from later on. This baby, is he kosher or apostle? Does he have any problem? Could he be a kind gadol? Absolutely. Why? Because either he's Reuven's child 100% and therefore he could be a kind gadol. Or is Yehuda's baby 100%? And Yehuda was allowed to marry the five-town woman because she's a Yavama. She needed Yibam. She needed either Yibam Khalid. And they had a child. So he's 100% the Kayin Gadol. That's all the Gemara is saying here. Rishon Roy Elias Kayin Gadol, Besheni Mamzer Misafi. However, the second son that comes after the son, who was born to Yehuda and the five-town woman, 
He's a mamzer. He's a suffolk mamzer. Why? Because what if this guy right over Yisachar was actually Ruven's son? So Yuda wasn't allowed to marry the Yavama because she's a Eshesach. She's the wife of his brother and that's always Aser unless there was a, it was necessary to be Miyabim. But since it wasn't necessary to be Miyabim, so he's over on Erva, on Arayas. And any, he's, it's a Chiyuv. What kind of Misa is it? Kares. And since this Kares, any child that comes out of that union and marriage is a Mamzer. But it's a Suffolk Mamzer, so we don't know. He might be legitimately married to her because she needed Yivum, maybe not. Suffolk Mamzer. But Tyson asks a very, very interesting question, Rabbi. He said it's a good idea. Question. You have a group of five Kohanim. One of the Kohanim went, married a woman, and now came a baby. Then he went back into the group. You mix up the group. The woman has no idea who the husband is. It's one of the five men. Could that kid be a Kohen Gadol? The father is a Kohen. The wife, he gave her Kiddushin. The whole thing, everything is good. But he got mixed in a group, and they have no idea who the real father is. The halacha is that kid. Well, I shouldn't say Kiddushin. Forget the Kiddushin. That kid cannot be a Kohen Gadol. Why? In order to be a Kohen Gadol, you have, to, you, have to have, you have to know who the father is. So what about in our case? You don't know who the father is. It could either be Ruvain or Yehuda. And the Gemara says, well, he could be a Kohen Gadol. Because either he's Ruvain's child or Yehuda's child. But that's not true. According to the Gemara and Baba Kama, it's, you have to know who the father is 100%. So Taisa says, a big Chiddush, what? You have to know who the father is. In order to be a Kohen Gadol, it's not a problem in the child. He's not a psul, psul, but he cannot be a Kohen Gadol. He can't be the biggest guy in Klai Yisrael, going to Klai Yisrael, if he doesn't even know who his own father is. But Taisus says a Chiddush that over here, since there was no, nothing wrong, there's no znus going on here, and there were Miman of Shach, there were, it, was a good, it was a good marriage one way or the other, whoever his father is, it's 100% legit. Therefore, there's no issue. Zok the Gemara. Torah Baron, Rishon Royale is Kohen Gadol Sheni Mamzer Misafik. Rebeliazim Yaakov Aymer, Ein Mamzer Misafik. The second guy, according to Chachamim, is a Mamzer Misafik. According to Rebeliazim Yaakov, there's no such thing as a Mamzer Misafik. So what does that mean? What, if you just read it as is, what would you think it says? Ain't Mamzer Misafik. He's not a Mamzer. Or he's a very, very big Mamzer. What does Ain't Mamzer Misafik mean? It seems like uh, he's not a Mamzer, but that's not the Pshat. Maiko Omar. Omar Abaye, two Pshat. We have a Machlaikis here. Abaye and Rava. And whatever Abaye says, Rava is going to say the exact opposite. That we know. That's, that's a given. The first kid that comes out. Either he's the son of Reuven or the son of Yehuda. He's 100% legit. He could be a Kohen Gadol. Rishayni, Suffolk Mamzer. He is a Suffolk Mamzer. Mamzeres. According to Tanakama, we don't know for sure that he's a Mamzer. Sometimes it's better to know what you are. If a person is 100% Mamzer, it's a good thing. Because then he can marry Mamzeres. <clears throat> Over here, it's a Suffolk Mamzer. And a Suffolk Mamzer on the side that he's a Jew, a regular Kaddish Yid, he can't marry Mamzeres. 
according to Abayi, Reb comes and says, Einoi Safek Mamzer. He's not a Safek. Elo Vaday Mamzer. He's not a Vaday Mamzer, right? Because we don't know that he's for sure Mamzer. Maybe his father married his, that, that five-town woman because he had to. Maybe there was Mamzer. al he should have married her. But it's like a Vaday Mamzer to the point, Umutu Mamzeres. That's what Eliezer Yaakov says. There's no such thing as a Suffolk Mamzer. Says Ribli Azabi Akoy, you're right. We don't know what he is. Is he a real Mamzer or a fake Mamzer? Or a half a Mamzer? Or not a Mamzer? But we're going to pass him that he's a regular Mamzer to the point where he can marry a Mamzeres. That's what it means. Ain't Suffolk Mamzer. Why not? <clears throat> oh, no, because when it comes to Love you have to be, uh, uh, you have to know for a fact that you're Bekal. If you're in a, in a category of a Suffolk, then you marry Sveikas. That's what they hold. What's the Lushen here? Rashi brings the Lushen. Um, you have to be, uh, I don't see it right off, but. No, no, no. There's, a, there's, a, there's Love Bekal. There's a Lushen of coming into the, into the Kahal. It has to be. Uh, I don't see it here. But anyways, it's, it's one of the shunas that if you're not 100%, then you're in, you're in a different category. Let me just see if I can find it real quickly for you. Uh, no. Okay, fine. If somebody finds it, let me know. It's in Rashi. Zog the Gemara. Uh, you see, Yavi Bakal somewhere. Where? I just got to No. Oh, the Kahal Gerim Leek recall that one? Maybe. Okay, fine. Zog the Gemara. Rav Omar, Hachik Omar. Rishon Royalis, Kain Gadol, that we said. The first baby, Memar of Shach, he's kosher. Vesheni Mamzer, Vadim is Safik, Umutim Mamzeres. So this is the exact, he's taking the Tanakama, making Reb Lezim Yaakov, and Reb Lezim Yaakov, Tanakama. Vesheni, the second kid, Vadai, Vesheni Mamzer, Vadim is Safik. We consider him 100% a Mamzer because we have a Safik. And therefore, Mutim Mamzeres. This is what Abayi was saying in Reb Lezim Yaakov. But he says it in the Tanakhama. Reb Lezim Yaakov, Yaakov, you can't make somebody 100% a Mamzer because you have a Suffolk. El Suffolk Mamzer. No, he's only a Suffolk Mamzer. And because he's a Suffolk Mamzer, he has a problem on his hands. Osim Mamzeres. Who could he marry? If he's Osim Mamzeres, who could he marry? No. Ogiyaris. Okay, become ifligibi the Rebbe Lazar, and the Machlech Zabaya and Rava is in Rebbe Lazar, this is not Rebbe Lazar, Oimer, Vadon, Bevadon, Mutter. If you have somebody that's 100% and 100%, they get married. Vadon, Misfekon, but uh, somebody that's Jewish, Jewish, somebody that's a 100% good Yichos, Misfekon, with somebody that we don't know, he might be a Mamzer, might not. Usfekon, Bevadon, 
Usfeikon, Usfeikon. Even two Sfeikas. You hear this? Zalman. Sfeikon, Sfeikon, also. Veilun, Sfeikon. And this is what a Suffolk is. Shtuki, Vaasufi. There's a Shtuki. Shtuki is a kid that tries to say, hey, daddy. And the mother says, shut up. Be quiet. It's not, no. It's not your father. Kids are, we don't know who the father is. And Asufi, I'll tell you what Asufi is, because Steve Jakubowski is here. So I got to say the mice, even though I just said it probably a week ago. And it's Erev Pesach, the Pesach. This was going back like 15 years ago. I'm sitting at my Seder table, one, two in the morning. My family already went to sleep. It was me and my brother. We're doing Shira Shirim at the end. And there's a knock on the door. We thought there's a knock on the door. We ignored it for a second because who's going to knock on the door? Like 1.30, little Seder. So we ignore it. And then the knock comes back. There's a knock. It's a definite knock. So I get up. I go. And I open the door. I don't see anybody. And I'm about to close the door. And I look down. And there's an Asufi there. There's a baby in a little bassinet. And I'm like, is somebody playing a, a prank on me? They put a little doll there. So I take a look. And the baby's blinking its eyes. It's looking at me. It's blinking. Like, oh, no. This is not good. Like, somebody just took their baby, dumped it by my steps at 1.30 in the morning. So this whole thing's going through my head. And I'm like, what do I do now? It's Yantif. I can't call the police. I can't. What, I have to now walk. So I'll just take the baby in. Tomorrow, we'll worry about it. And I'm thinking about, this is not a bad baby. It's a blonde baby. It's a whole thing. It's schmack, blue eyes. And as I'm like getting ready to pick the baby up, Steve's son jumps out of the bush. Ah, I got you. <laughs> One third. These kids are what? They're like 14, he's 14 years old, this kid, no? So, no, he's the 14. So this happened 15 years ago. So we almost had an Asufi kid in here, Steve. Steve, get over here. Get, get over here. Come on, get over here. We got to do, we got to start bringing people up here in Chicago. <laughs> You're embarrassed of the mice or what? It's a true story. You know? Finally, somebody could, t- could testify the story. you have anything to add to that? Camera shy, yeah. Well, you, don't you litigate on some of it? No. Not in camera. On Zoom. Okay, so guy, a kid that you just pick off the street in the bassinet, you have no idea what his lineage is. The kusi, we know about the kusim. Now, kusi, gera, arayas, gera, emes, the bottom line is that they didn't really believe in the Torah Shabbat Peh. And one thing they, that we know that they didn't agree with is how to be Mekadosh a woman. They said, money in a star is not for Kiddushin. That's not how you do Kiddushin. So Mamela, if that's not how you do Kiddushin, then they have a lot of Mamzerim running around. Because somebody that did Kiddushin with money, they, they consider it not a Kiddushin. They'll marry that person, etc. Fine. Rav Yehuda says the name of Rav, that Allah is like Rav Lazada, what? That a Suffolk, even with a Suffolk, can't get married. Two Sveikis, two Mamzerim that we don't know, are they 100% Mamzerim? Cannot marry each other. A Shtuki cannot marry an Asufi. An Asufi cannot marry a Kusi. All these Sveikis guys, a Kusi and a Shtuki is no good. Rav Yehuda, Shmuel, Rav and Shmuel, right? So Rav says that looked like Yerulazar. Shmuel says Omali Hillel Shona Asor Yuchs and Olam Hillel, the famous Hillel, yeah, 
so poor, he didn't have enough money to get into the shul, he went to the rooftop, looking through the window, he froze. Hillel, Shona, Asar, Yuchzin, Olam, Ibavel, there are ten categories. Kahani, Levi, Israeli, Chalole, these are Koyhanim that married illegally, so their children are apostles to Chalolim. Geirei, converts. Charurei, these are Avodim who are free. Mamzerei, Mamzerei. Nesinei, Nesinei are Gevoinim. They fooled Yeshua, they fooled Klai They pretended they just happened to be on the way. And oh, we got lost. Take us in, we'll be converts. Kitzer, they made them Shoyavei. Rashi says a very interesting Lashen. He says they have a Tzad Avdus. Because Yeshua made them draw water and cut wood, chop wood, then they have a little bit of slavery in them. Oh. So. Shtuki. We just explained, the mother says, be quiet, that's not your father. Of Asufi, grab them off the street, you collected him from the street. These are the ten, these are the ten categories. Vekulon, mutarim, lavoi, zebze. All ten of these, based on these words, can marry each other. Now, it's not accurate. To the point, Rashi just points out, this is what the Gemara means. And I just made a quick chart for that. There are actually three categories, says Rashi. A Kayan Levi and Yisrael can intermarry as we do today. Yisrael can marry Kayan, a Kayan can marry Levi, no problem. Then the next category is that a Levi, Yisrael, Cholol, Ger, Eved. I didn't put, I should have put a little, um, some, whatever, dash in between. But anyways, it looks like one long word. The Levi, Yisrael, Cholol, again, is a Kayan's kid that, that came from an illegal marriage, let's say to a Grusha. The kid is Cholol. Ger, and an Eved doesn't mean Eved, I just didn't have room for a larger word. It means a freed slave. All five of these can marry each other. Yisrael can marry a freed slave and a Ger, right? You can marry a Giyaris, no problem. And then finally you have the bottom category, not such a great category. You have Ger, Eved, Mamzer. The Mamzer is in that category. Nasen, Shtuki, Nasufi. So you have six in that category that can marry each other. That's what he means by saying, V'chula mutarim lavezebezeh. Not literally the shtuki with the kayan. It means within this within all these ten, there's a bunch that can marry each other. Okay. The problem is the chula Look at the last category. What are the last two in the last category? Shtuki and asufi. What are they? They're, they are the ultimate suffolk. You don't know who the father is. Sha, be quiet. Don't, don't say. Don't call that guy your father. Or the, the Asufi kid in the bassinet, you found him by the fire station. You don't know who his father is. And it says, Mutarim love is In other words, a Suffolk can marry a Suffolk. Who says the opposite of that? Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Lazar just finished saying that a Suffolk cannot marry another Suffolk. A Suffolk can't marry a Vada, and a Vada can't marry a Suffolk, and a Suffolk can't marry a Suffolk. So a Shtuki can't marry a Shtuki, a Shtuki can't marry an Asufi. And over here it says that the red category can marry each other. A shtuki can marry a sufi, a sufi can marry a shtuki, a ger can marry a sufi. In other words, no problem to have a marriage within a suffolk. What does Hillel say? 
This halacha that we just learned, that a safek can marry each other. This is a famous concept in Shas. Everybody knows this concept. There, he, the halacha is always like Rebbe Now, I want to take Hillel, one of the greatest Tanaim, and match him up or match Rebbe Lezim with Hillel. You don't want a problem between those two. The halacha is always like Hillel, and the halacha is always like Rebbe Lezim so you got to put both of them in the same category. Great. Rav is sovereign like Pirav. But Rav, on the other hand, holds oh, like Rav, Domalach, Kiribel Lazar. No! The Allah is like Kiribel Lazar that says that a Suffolk cannot marry each other. And he's going to say that Kiribel Lazar holds that a Suffolk can't marry each other. We just turned to Lamzainum Bay, sponsored by Moshe Horn in honor of Jolly Joe Kraus and family, and also sponsored in honor of Ekins Bursky, Brian Kinsbursky, and Ari Miller for learning the daf. Omar Bay. Says Abayo, I'll prove to you, like me, not like Rava, the Rebelezim Yaakov holds. That any time there's a suffix, he considers it 100%. The sign of Yaakov Oymer. Two Allah's Yaakov says. A person had relations with a lot of women. And he doesn't know who and where. And the same thing with her. She doesn't know who she was with. Look what kind of disaster could happen. This person has children everywhere. There's a very, very famous, I don't want to mention his name even though he said it, a big, big, big tzaddik in the Talmud Chacham in Yisrael who said he has no idea how many children he has because he's a Balchuva. He has no idea when he was younger, he was an actor, and uh, he has no idea. He has a problem. He doesn't know who his brother is. He doesn't know who his mother is. He doesn't know, I mean, his daughters. He, he can marry different people. It's a terrible thing. His, his children today have to be careful who they marry because they might be marrying their own sisters. And it's a terrible thing. There's a lot of zima. In other words, he holds that it's a vadai. These fakers turn into a vadai by him. Could they marry Gerim? I don't know that he's saying not to get married at all. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Gerim is a good answer. It's always a good answer. Gerim is always a good answer. Where was it? The Gerim were very upset and they threw bones at him. One Gemara, because he died in this. He said, yeah, you can marry Gerim. And there was a, there was a town full of Gerim. They started like, they, they, they did not like it. Because you're saying that they're not considered a kahal. Zoi mahi. Take a look at this chart. It's not the greatest, but the word zima says Rava doesn't really mean that it's mamzerim. The word zima, that's what it says there. You read it downwards. Zu mahi. It's a Rosh Tevis. In other words, a Suffolk. Don't say, Abai is saying that according to Rebbe Lezim Yaakov, there's a Vadai. There's mamzerim walking around like Yosef Ben-Zev was saying. Oh, so, so your mamish can't get married. Eh. No, there's a bunch of Sveikim running around. Not, not Vadai. Yes, I can't Rebbe Lezim Yaakov. 
Now more than this, forget about a guy that's mizana everywhere and he has a lot of women. I'm talking about, says just a regular guy who lives in America and then he decides to go to Israel and get married. Why? Okay. Aini asked the Gemara, this is a very famous Gemara. It's a very interesting Gemara. It needs, it needs explanation and we have to understand it. Aini, Vahorav Ki'ikla Ledar Rav, the God Ladar. Whenever he went, whenever he traveled, Machriz Va'omar Manhavali Yoimo. He would get married to a woman in that city for one day or for whatever days he was there. So let's talk about the story for a second. Because of the fear of being over in Avera, of having thoughts or whatever it is. So anytime he traveled to a distant place, and the Gemara is going to explain and qualify what's going on exactly, it sounds, it sounds crazy. He would get married. Now everybody wanted to marry Rav, the God Adar. So you announce who wants to get married for a day or two, a week, in order for him not to be over and over. Now, first of all, if we just take it at face value, Gemara is going to explain they didn't really have relations. It was just to have paspasaloi, just to, so he has something to, 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 to keep his yitzahar away. But I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, imagine if they said, Reb Chaim Kanevsky, he traveled, he went to America, he asked who, who wants to marry him for a week. This is the Galadar. Finished. Put big signs everywhere. Chaim went off his mind. Sugar, Russia, I don't know what. Eh. Yet, Rav, Rav Nachman, they felt that even though people might think of them as crazy, it's Kedai. To, to not be over in Avera, you have to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Okay? So, Again, we're here, Erev Pesach. Pesach is a time that we're mevair the chametz. So I have to think about things that we have to get rid of. Different things, yeah? Netflix, Netflix, whatever they like to call it. All these different zachen. Not to be over, what people do not to be over. But what's going on here? So first of all, the Gemara brings this as a kasha. You see, it says that when you go to another city, you shouldn't get married over here and then go to another city over there and get married again because you never know your son might marry your own daughter. So how in the world did Rav go to another city and marry another woman? It's a problem. Says the Gemara, Shani Rabbonon, the Pekia Shemayu. Imagine, let's say Rav actually had a daughter. You don't think people are going to talk? This is Reb Chaim Kanevsky's kid. This is the Rebbe's son. Everybody talks about it. This is the biggest thing in the world. You know, the Rebbe was here for, for a week. This is his kid. It's Yichos. They wouldn't say, Rebbe Yichos, Rebbe Sheinikol. So we're not concerned. That's not a concern. As the Gemara, but a different problem. Now we're going on a little bit of a tangent here. We're going off the sugya, but it's cool. Any woman in the world who was asked to get married and she agreed to get married, if a woman is excited to get married, the traction causes her to see dam. 
And Memele, she has to wait seven days. So how is it possible that Rav shows up to the city and says, who wants to marry me for a day? And he's like, shouldn't she be an automatic need on the spot? Shouldn't you have to wait seven days? Stam, a technical question. How did this whole thing work? Says the Gemara, you know, like when Obama, Obama comes to Obama, whoever the, the president, I don't know who the president is today. So where the president is, when Reagan comes to, to, to Chicago, so the, uh, not the CIA, what do they call The Secret Service, they come like a month before, three, two weeks before, and they, they start welding all the manholes and they, they check all the buildings. So, okay, so when Rav also, when he goes to a city, they, they, have, they have to be Masada, what's going on? They, they, they say, hey, any available women here that need to get married for a week to Rav, he's coming soon. Very good. So yes, at that point when they, were, they agreed to it, then they saw Adam, but seven days went by. Uh, now here comes the Gemara. This makes a little bit more sense for us. There were only designated wives. There weren't real wives. Nothing ever happened between the two of them. On the far occasion that Rav would have some, some taiva here or whatever, okay, fine. Then he actually went ahead with it. But 99.9% of the time, it was just a designated wife in order that what? A person is hungry and he has a loaf of bread in his basket, then he doesn't have to worry about eating and fasting. It's just a euphemism, it's a, it's a marshal. So a person has a designated wife on the spot, then he could be, he tell her, look, he, he, he's married, right? He's married, he has a wife where he came from in Bavel. But he tells his wife, don't worry about it. This is, she, she's a fake wife. Don't worry, don't, nothing's going to happen. It never happened, never will happen, but it's paspasala. Okay. So that explains it a little bit more, better for us because we're not, we're not holding it to understand what exactly it doesn't make sense. The Galadar, a wife, okay. But to get away from Hirurim and Isurim, designated wife is good. It's interesting how this falls right into the sugya, and the Gemara is hinting here to something. Lezeb Yaakov says, and this is very important, there are people out there, believe it or not, I'm sure from the 12,000 people that are watching this year, there's one or two people that are thinking about divorcing their wife. After Yantif, they're going to divorce her. <laughs> Let's just get past Yantif, we're just going to marry off this one last child, and then we're going to get divorced. Is that okay? So the Gemara here says it's not okay. Uh, unless it's discussed between them, I don't know. But over here it says, Adam A person shouldn't stay married to his wife, and he has intent to divorce her. Don't think about your friend to do harm to your friend. He's sitting with you in the same house. She's sitting there with you. She thinks she has a secure marriage. And meanwhile, you're plotting on divorcing her. That's 100% Asr. Awesome. Asr. No. So what happened here with Rav? It's L'chaira. It didn't just fall in there. Yes, yeah, Rabbi Lezabi Yaakov, and we're talking about Rabbi Lezabi Yaakov. But why is it here in the sugi? L'chaira to tell us that Rav told these women, I'm here for three days. This is a three-day marriage. I'm warning you right now. I'm not plotting. I'm not going to suddenly divorce you. You are going to be divorced 100%. In three days from now. Huh? To marry Rav? You wouldn't want to be married to the Chavetz Chaim for three days? Come on. It's unbelievable. 
You put it on your resume? Not you, but uh, to Rebbitz and Kanievsky for three days. Zogdi Gemara. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know what the, the Mitzis is. Listen, you're talking about she's probably a woman who wasn't married for 40 years. It's Kedai. It's going to go real good in Shiduchim. She'll tell everybody else, you know who I am? I'm Rav's ex wife. You don't want to marry her? You're crazy. They're going to jump and marry her. Is it just Kedushim or Kedushim and Kabbalah? Don't know. Lachar, so far, you only see Kedushim here. More than that, I don't know. Savik Vyavim Shabo Lachlik Minusim Misno. Rabboisar. Very, very interesting. We are now going, and I don't remember, I don't recall for a very, very long time having a sugya in Dinu Mamanis. This is Mamish, Hilchas Mamanis, Hilchas Yerusha. We're, we're learning Nashim now. Like, we have to realize that we're, we're done with Megillah, Tainas, and all these things. We're going, we're in Nashim. And a lot of times in, in, in these Masechtas, we find ourselves talking Baba Kama, Baba Metziah, Baba Basra, all these things. Here we go. Beautiful cases here. We're going to have a number of cases today. I believe we're going to have four cases. Tomorrow we're going to continue until the Mishnah. So check this out. Here we're going to go in a sequence here to make it easy for the Olam. Over here you have Ruvain who was married to five towner and then he drops on his side. Comes Yehuda the brother and he performs Yibum. And of course, he's a troublemaker. He didn't wait for the three months. And Five Towner has a son. Yeah, you want to see how that happens? Boom. She has a son. The son, Ruvain, when he dies, he left over a pile of cash. Now this son could either be Ruvain's son, and therefore he's entitled to the entire pile of cash. And Yehuda has zero to do over here. He shouldn't have been with five towner at all. He gets zero. Or it's possible that the son is actually Yehuda's son. Yeah, we don't know. He was born seven months later, and he might be the ninth month to Reuben, the seventh month to Yehuda. We have no clue. Yehuda says, I want the pile of cash. The little Yisachar guy says, I want the pile of cash. Over here, you could just see, I don't know if these lines confuse you, but you could see that the blue on the right shows that it's possible that he's a product of Five Towner and Ruvain, or he's a product of Yehuda and Five Towner, and that is the Suffolk here. So, who gets the cash? What? What do you mean? The little guy wants the cash. If Yudas the if Yudas father, yeah, it doesn't matter. The Yavam gets the Yerusha. Remember, Yavam gets all the Yerusha. Somebody that's chalitza in our days, there's a minog that he gets fifty percent, but a Yavam, he gets the entire Yerusha. So and and so you're gonna say, well, the so anyways, one day he'll yarsh on his father. Well, maybe the guy Yud has a bunch of kids. Maybe he's gonna waste it on Lamborghinis and, and and lavish vacations. He won't have any money left. The little guy wants it today. Yeah. So it's a Suffolk. Suffolk They came to to 
to divide the pile of cash of the guy that died. The little guy, the Suffolk boy, Yisachar, he says, I'm the son of Reuven. The Nichse, the Diyu, and all the, the Diyu, all the money is mine. The other Momar, at Broy, the Diyu, what are you talking about? You're my son. You don't have anything with that pile of cash, it's all mine. So what's that lacha? Have a moment, I'm with a Suffolk, a moment, I'm with a Suffolk, remember the Sumchas, the whole thing. When we have a Suffolk like this, nobody could prove whose son he is, therefore, 50% goes to Yehuda, 50% goes to Yisachar. Safik ubnei Here's the case. Yehuda goes belly up, and Yehuda has two sons. And now there's an argument between the two sons and the little guy. Yeah, the sons are from somebody else. Yeah. Well, uh, what's the difference? What's the difference? Oh, so what? Who says they don't get? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I'm the son of Reuven. It's all mine. You're our brother. And you just get a third, let's say. No, 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 this is a new case, brand new case. Before they were able to split, that's another case. What you just said is another case. We're going to get, that's the fourth case. That they split it, and now there's another question on the next generation. Let's, we'll get there soon. Over here, in this case, they didn't get a chance to split. Yehuda and Yehuda got into a car accident, and bye-bye. Perhaps this is exact Mishnah. What's the case? Over here we have similar but not really. What happened was two people married this woman. First, Reuven got married and he drops. Then Yehuda gets married and each one has children. And again, we don't know. Forget about Yibam over here. Reuven had two children, right? Reuven has... I just, I didn't have, I ran out of kids. So I, I, I put the typical brothers as his sons. Don't ignore that. Just, he has two sons. If he has two sons, there's no halach of Yibam over here. But there's another question here. Because Yehuda got married to this five-town woman and they had a child. We don't know if the child is Reuven's or Yehuda's. Nothing to do with Yibam. The little guy in the middle, yeah? Is he Reuven's son or is he Yehuda's son? We don't know. Same subject as we had before. Not because Yehuda was performing Yibam. Yehuda is not even related to Reuven. He happens to be a bald man in this case, but forget it. Stop, I should have mixed it up differently. It's a little confusing. I wrote married, not Yibam. You see? First Reuven got married, then Yehuda got married. Not, nothing to do with Yibam. Two men married the same woman, but there's a question who the little guy in the center, is he, does he belong to the right or to the left? They're not brothers. Now, the two sons of Yehuda they always, they'll inherit the Yisachar. But Yisachar, the little guy, can never inherit anybody. He's got to Kiryach Mikan Mikan. So there's no, the, the, because we're talking about Tzfekis over here. When it comes to Safek, what he did, what he didn't do, that's between him and Hashem. But we're talking about Mominus. Mominus. Who owns this Yerusha? Who owns what? But anyway, there's another Mishnah later on. And, and the Mishnah basically says that 
the little guy loses. The, the brothers inherit him, he doesn't inherit any brother. Great. Over there, in this case, over here, the brothers, the plumbers, and then then Shimon and Levi, they tell this little guy, if you can prove who you are, we'll give you. By us, the Suffolk tells, here, let's go back to our case. Here's our case. The Suffolk, you see, the Suffolk is going to get money here. Either he's Reuven's son and he gets everything, or is Yehuda's son and he gets a third? But he tells the two brothers, who are you? you you're not 100% getting something. You might not get anything. So you're a Suffolk. If you could prove something, I'm like, like in this case, the little Yisachar guy, he, he doesn't know who he is. Either he's, Reuben, he's Shimon and Levi's brother, or he's the plumber and the dentist's brother. So since he can't bring any rice, he gets zero. So two over here, the two brothers can't bring a raya at all, they should get zero. Says amazing. Look at this case right over here. You see how Yisachar, is he a vada or a Suffolk? What is he? Why? He 100% gets Yerusha. Here, let, let's look at this carefully. You, you happen to be right, but you don't know why. <laughs> Let me explain to you for a second. Start, the Gemara started saying, you see the little Yisachar guy in the middle? He's either Ruvain's son, and he gets what? 100% of that pile of cash. Or he's Yehuda's son, and he gets 33% of the pile of cash. So Memele is a Vadai. He's, he's 100% going to get some Yerusha. Says the Gemara, you made a mistake. He's the biggest Suffolk in the world. You know why? Because you don't know who he is. We don't know if he's Reuven's son or the son. We don't care about what the, the outcome is. He might get some money or not. But he's a huge Suffolk. Whereas these guys, these guys are not a Suffolk at all. They know exactly who their father is. So you can't, you can't compare cases, says the Gemara. In this case, believe it or not, Yisachar is, is considered a Suffolk. You hear? Forget that. Forget that. These are side things. What is Yisachar? He's a big fat question mark because we don't know is he Reuven's son or you the son? I don't care that at the end of the day he's for sure going to get 33%. That doesn't help the fact that he's a Suffolk. Whereas the sons in this case, look at the sons. They're not a Suffolk. They know exactly who they are. They know they're, they're coming from Yehuda. They, 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 they can be cutting gold because they know who the father is. Yisachar doesn't. I'm just throwing that in. Anyway. We got to go. Rabbi said we're, we're late. Correct. And you know what the Allah is, Rabbi Yisai? That is not a Suffolk, but he's a Suffolk. And that's the Chiddush. He is a Suffolk. And in fact, because of what you just said, Rashi points out, he 100% gets a third. Not only does he get a third, the other two-thirds that are left over, what happens? 50-50. So how much does he end up getting? 66. He gets two-thirds. That, but that's not the point. The point is that he is a Mr. Suffolk. How much money he gets in his bank account it doesn't help the Suffolk. That's what the Gemara is saying. Let's see inside. They know who their father is, Vivi Suffolk. 
you want to compare it to some Mishnah? La Dami, to another Mishnah. So this is another case for both sides. Here. Who's the Yavam in this case? Yehuda. Look what happened. The pile of cash moved to Yehuda. Yehuda's a Yavam now. And Mr. Yisachar says, I want some of that cash. Why? Now all of a sudden he says, I'm a brother. I'm a brother. I want to, I want to get a third. And what are they going to say to him? No, you're not a brother. You're, you're, you're a son of Reuven. You're, get out of here. You don't, you don't deserve any of our father's money. You, you know, you, there's no connection between you and Yehuda. You're, you're somebody else. Go get your, your father's money. Ah, he died without a penny? Too bad on you. So, Oh, this is more similar to what we're talking about. Over here, he could, he, they tell him, like he's telling, in our case, he tells them. But in this case, they tell him, if you can't prove who you are, get out of here, you don't get a cent. Now, next case. This is what Yang is saying. So here goes. Remember, let's go back a step. What happened was, there was a, there was a question, who's, 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 who's the father of this little guy, Yisachar? And because there's a question whether he's the son of Reuben, the son of Yehuda, what do we say happens? 50%. He gets $50 million. And who gets the other $50 million? Yehuda. The Yavam gets $50 million. Okay, so now the Yavam is sitting on a pile of $50 million. Guess what happens? Then Yehuda goes bye-bye. Comes the little guy and says, wait a minute, I want some of that $50 million. I'm a son of Yehuda. So they tell him, no, you're not a son of Yehuda. You're a son of Reuven. Really? I'm a son of Reuven? Then your father never got a $50 million check. Yisachar got all the $100 million. The only reason your father got $50 million is because your father said that, that I'm his son. But how could you tell me that I'm not your father's son? If you think that I'm not your father's son, then give me back your father's $50 million. What's the answer to that? You can't take it back anymore. Once they pass in the psak, maybe, that's it, there's a psak. Now we're starting fresh. This is such a man Let's see inside. This is not Yavamas, boys. This is Mamish Nazikin. This is like Mamanis. Again. Step one is that Yehuda took half of the pile of cash. Why? Because he claims that the little Yisachar guy is his son. Step two is that Yehuda goes bye-bye. And now the little guy says, I'm his son, so I should get a third. The, the sons, the two guys, the, the plumber and the dentist say, If you can prove that you're our brother, then you could get a third. So the suffix tells them, Wait a minute. You better give me a third right now because that's your cheap way out. If you're going to push me off and say that I'm the son of the original guy that died, 
They give me all the money that you just inherited from your father, or the big pile of cash, at least. Give it back to me. No. Once we paskin in this case, in the year 1987, we paskin that the pile of cash goes 50-50, you can't take it back. That's it. Now there's a new thing, and later on the guy dies over here. We're going to start fresh. Come, Dino. If you hear me, I'm Dino. No, if you says it doesn't make sense logically. You can't, you can't dance on two chasanas. Either he's a brother, or he's a not brother. You can't say, well, Bezin already paskin, then what is it called? Statue of limitations, whatever. No, there's no come, Dino. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Omar, come, Dino, Rabbi Omar, Dino. You can take it back. Very similar stuff over here. This not, it says in the Mishnah, check this picture out. They found the Givaldika picture. This is true things. This is real. Ah. This is in China. The guy owns the red field in the center. And you could actually see in this picture, there's a bridge on the bottom right corner, and there's actually a pathway going right through all the fields. He lost his pathway. He went away and he forgot. He came back many years later. He forgot from what direction he gets into this field. Admin Omar, Yelech Biktsaro. So Admin says, let him go. Just follow the path. You see the path? Right into the red field. Either he takes a helicopter, a drone, or literally, that's what the Gemara says, Yifrich Ba'avir. Or you could pay $100,000 for the right to go through the guy's green field. He, he has to pay through his nose. The Gemara says, Wait a minute. I've been saying good. You should go the shortest way. You didn't understand what happened there. It's not owned by one person. If it was owned by one person, Simon's right. Let him go the shortest way. But what's happening is each field is owned by somebody else. There's four different people here. What? Oh, because I don't have to give you a right. Go to him. He'll give you a right. And he'll tell you go to him. Each one will push it off. If I'm the only guy, it's you against me. So I have to, I once went through. Now, give me the shortest way. You can't push me off. What are you going to tell me? To go to who? You owe me the right away. But if it's four people, each one is going to push off to the other one. Now, Admin doesn't look good. Why would Admin say that he gets the shortest way? When four people bought four fields all around, or it's today's four owners who bought it from one, from one seller. Everybody agrees if there's four owners, each one doesn't have to give right away. So what the Machlechus is, one person bought four fields all the way around. Since one person bought four fields, so now the guy that needs to get into this field, he could say, listen, I don't know who you bought the field from that I used to go through, but you owe it to me, one of the four fields, so give it to me. Who has a trick? He could say, listen, either get away. If you don't, I'm threatening you. I'm just going to give back all my fields to where I got them from. 
Anyway, you're not going to be able to get it from them. If it, you agree to me, if there's four owners all around, you can't get in. So just because I'm one owner, I'm going to give it back. Whatever that means. He's going to give it back, you give it back. Says Gemara, So isn't that similar to our Machlokes over here? No, it's not similar at all. I know that. He has a solid taina. No matter what, he used to, he always walked through. Ten years ago, he walked through. Just happens to be, he forgot exactly how it was, what direction. But he knows he has a way. By our case, over here, it's two different, it's, he's coming from two claims. He's either coming from Ruvain or from Yehuda. But he doesn't know exactly what. He's, he's not a salad. So in Mela, it's different. That's what we just said, word for word, or just repeating. He has the way to get out of it because he can say, listen, I'll give back the field. The bottom line is, over here, he can't say, oh, he can't threaten him. There's nothing to threaten. These, 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 these children that are yarshining, they can't threaten him. They're going to give back Yerusha. What are they going to do exactly? By us, he could, he could threaten him. And Mela, he's not entitled to a way through. Therefore, it's different than our sugya. Have a wonderful day. For the food and everything else you do for us. Rabbi Sai, just real quickly. Um, yeah, well, if somebody wants to, if somebody's listening remotely, um, the, f- the following schedule. So, we're continuing, um, 9.30, because people have to do B'dikas Chometz, it's a little late, but they have to do B'dikas Chometz. Erev Yontav, and I believe, I believe, I have to look it up again, but I believe that night, even though it's 9.30, so let's say shear is over 10.30, 10.30 is going to be a second shear. Because we have to do two shiurim because of Yantif. And then the following day, Erev Yantif, there's a shir right here at 2 o'clock. Whoever comes, comes. I might be by myself, me and Yoel Bergman. And then Matzah Yantif is 10.30 in Mundelein. Probably nobody's going to show up there. If somebody shows, we'll find, whatever, we'll find the place. And throughout Yantif, I'm going to be right here at the same time, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock during Chalamayid.